Hello and welcome to this Grace Baptist Mission Media podcast. You're going to hear Serving Today, a program for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in discipling others or perhaps you teach the Bible one-to-one or in a small group, Serving Today will be relevant for a wide range of believers. Welcome to Serving Today, the programme for pastors and church leaders. This is Andrew Cook and it's wonderful to have your company again. Living the Christian Life, the Christian Basic Series continues. Well, here on Serving Today we come to a new subject in our look at Christian basics, namely living the Christian life. This will give you some very practical preaching to bring to new believers as well as those who have followed the Lord much longer. The Christian life is very much like going on a journey. Let me illustrate what I mean. Imagine you're going on a journey, travelling many thousands of miles and a long flight in an aeroplane. Before you travel, you'll have to arrange your ticket, make sure your passport is up to date, pack clothes and other things you'll need while away. And so we could go on. Then the day comes for the trip to begin. You leave home and arrive at the airport. Having checked in, you then take a seat to await the announcement that you can board your plane. You might say to yourself, I'm here at last. And of course, that would be absolutely true, but it wouldn't be the whole story. Ahead of you would still be that long flight. All your preparations and arriving at the airport was only the beginning. There was much more to go. And you know it's exactly like that with being a Christian believer. We've seen in our series on Christian basics that there are a number of important things that take place when someone becomes a follower of Jesus. For example, from God's side there's that important work which the Holy Spirit must do to make us aware of our sinfulness. He also has to teach us that the death of Christ is the only sacrifice for sins that is acceptable to God and God's Spirit needs to bring us to new spiritual life, new birth. Then, from our side, there's the need for us to repent of our sins and to put our faith, our trust, in the Lord Jesus Christ. These are momentous issues and bring us the joy of God's forgiveness. We can say, as we might similarly say when we arrive at the airport, well, we're here at last, we are now the Lord's. But, and this is very important, That is only the beginning. There's a whole journey ahead with a whole lifetime of travel with the Lord until we finally reach heaven itself. And it is this journey that we turn to today as we begin to think about the Christian life. And we'll be spending several programmes looking at this. With the help of Dr John Hall again and when Derek French spoke with John, he began by asking him to show us what is the chief aim that we should have in our lives as the Lord's disciples. The Christian should strive with all his might to please God, and this means being holy. Or you could say it means being like Christ in the way we live. He obeyed his Father in every detail, and we must seek to do the same. In this program, we shall define holiness more carefully later. Now, Derek, please could you read from 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16, where Peter tells us we are to be holy in all we do because God is holy. Yes, certainly, John Peter writes, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. Peter there is quoting from the Old Testament book 
which is all about holiness, from Leviticus. The quotation is from Leviticus 11, 44 and 45. Also, the Apostle Paul says to the Thessalonians, It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality. The word there, sanctified, means being made holy. I don't know if you're like me, but when I was a young Christian, I often longed to know what God's will was for my life. And I used to talk to older Christians about that. And one day, an exasperated older Christian said, Look, John, it's quite clear what God's will for your life is, that you should be holy or sanctified. And he quoted this verse, It is God's will that you should be sanctified. And so, it's simple, is this answer to what really God desires for us. Whatever else we do in life, he desires that we holy. In other words, that we should live to honour God. Yeah, that was very timely advice, wasn't it, from that older Christian? It was indeed. Very helpful over many years, that. John, having said that, though, there is a difficulty, I think, with this immediately, because you've shown us in the Bible that... The Bible teaches us we are sinful men and women. So how is this holiness produced in us? What's the means, if you like, or the channel by which this holiness of life comes to us? That's true, we are sinful and we do have great battles. But yet the Bible makes it clear we are to be holy. And it also makes clear the way this is to be achieved. Each Christian has the Holy Spirit living in them. And so by the Holy Spirit's work in them, they're enabled to be holy and to pursue holiness. Derek, please could you read again from 1 Peter chapter 1, this time verses 1 and 2. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ, and sprinkling by his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. You see there from that text of scripture, these people had the triune God working in them. The Father had chosen them, the Holy Spirit was sanctifying them or making them holy, and the blood of Christ was bringing forgiveness. Well, what's the evidence then, John, that we are living a holy life and are the seen to be honouring God in our lives? Now, that's a very interesting question, Derek. I wonder, listener, what you'd say the evidence was of a holy life. Would you point to some feeling, some experience you've had? Often we say, oh, he's a holy man because we see a nice person or a warm, smiley person or a caring person who is kind to us. Or perhaps someone who prays or reads the Bible a lot. Now, all those things are good things. But the key to the answer of what it is to live a holy life is this, whether you're obeying God's word. You test whether your life is holy and progressing in the direction of holiness by how much you obey God's word. The evidence then of holiness is obedience to God. Derek, please could you read John 14 and verse 15, where the Lord Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Yes, Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey what I command. Love produces obedience. Holiness is evidenced by obedience. A holy man loves God and loves to show that 
by doing what the Lord Jesus says. You obey his word, which means you'll read the Bible and then you'll seek by the power of the Holy Spirit to put it into practice. The Apostle Paul's aim in all his teaching was to destroy all false thinking and bring every thought captive. So in our thinking, we were made obedient to Christ. And Derek's going to read to us now from 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Our thoughts are to be obedient to Christ. We're to love Christ. And therefore we will actually do what Christ commands. So Derek, we've seen the aim of the Christian life is to honour God. Honouring God means holiness of life. We are enabled to be holy by the work of the Holy Spirit and the evidence of holiness is obedience both in our thinking and then in our life. Obedience to what God has said. We shall look at more of these things as we go on in this study. John, perhaps we can break this down a bit more. And could I ask you, how are we to go about ensuring that we have such God-honouring lives? Well, there are three things we're going to look at now. And here's the list to start with. In order to honour God, we should glorify God. In order to honour God, we should enjoy God. In order to honour God, we should be holy. And we're going to look at each of those in turn. So can we look at the first thing, John? Yes. The Apostle Paul writes... In 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 31, So whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Now, the first point is that we should glorify God if we're to honour God. But John, what precisely does it mean when Paul says, do it all for the glory of God? What is this glory that that verse is talking about? Well, we do it for the glory of God by showing that we love God and live our lives faithfully doing what he wants us to do. This brings honour to him. It displays his glory. Now, Jesus is the example of someone who honoured God and therefore brought glory to him, displayed the magnificence and majesty and glory of God. You remember how the Lord Jesus came. He spoke the words his father wanted him to. He actually did what his father had planned for him. He died just as the Father planned. So we should be like the Lord Jesus. When he spoke, he spoke of the greatness and love of God from the Bible. And so should we. We should seek in the whole of our lives to avoid sin and to obey his word, just as Jesus did. And then when people see our changed lives, our God-honouring lives, it will bring honour and glory to the God we follow. Well, that's the first thing. Uh, we're to glorify God. You said there were three things. What's the second? We're to enjoy God. And that seems a strange thing. But what I mean by this is that we're to have our hearts and minds fixed on God and to delight in his glory and glad we are part of his family. In Psalm 73, the psalmist had been jealous of the trouble-free lives of the wicked. It made him wonder whether it was worth being a believer, when he suffered so much. But then one day he went into the temple, to the place where God was meeting with his people, where God was to be worshipped, the place that symbolised God's presence amongst his people. 
and he realised then what privileges he had and how the wicked would be brought to judgment. And his conclusion was this, Whom am I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever, ever. His greatest desire and enjoyment came from knowing God, and he realised that, and that helped put into perspective the difficulties of his life and the apparent injustice of the present human condition where the wicked can be seen to go without any judgment for years and years and years. Yet he realised that there was greatness in knowing God, there was enjoyment in knowing God which would get greater with time. It's lovely, isn't it? It is indeed. Another psalm, Psalm 37 and verse 4, the psalmist writes, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. Really enjoy knowing God as your God. I wonder if you do that, listener. Because if you do, then you're living a God-honouring life. And with that, we end our time together here on Serving Today. So this is Andrew Cook saying goodbye. May God be glorified as we serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, thanks for listening to Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. To get in touch with us, you can now send us a message via WhatsApp. The number is plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. That's plus four four seven five zero eight nine three two five three four. Until next time, goodbye.